If you've got a Bible, you might want to start turning uh, to the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, uh, chapter 6, uh, verses 10 to 13, Ephesians 6, 10 to 13. If you haven't got a Bible, as usual, no worries, we'll be projecting uh, the passage up on the screen. Good morning again. If you're a visitor, welcome. I'm Raj. I'm one of the elders here uh, at Jubilee Church. If, uh, if you're a visitor here this morning, if you're one of our Alpha guests, then welcome. Um, it's great having you guys along with us. The last few weeks of Alpha, Alpha, by the way, is um, uh, a six to eight week course that we run just really exploring what it is to know this Jesus, what it is about Christianity that is so unique and radical. And so if you have friends that you want to come on to the next one, then, you know, please do think about it, start praying about it. But it's been great the last a uh, few alphas. Quite a few of you are here this morning, so welcome. Keep coming. Keep coming. Um, so this morning, we're going to be continuing our um, series, Believe, looking at some of the foundational principles of the Christian faith. Why is um, Christianity so radical and unique compared to all other beliefs and faiths out there, including atheism? Do you know what? To believe there is no God requires a lot of faith. And so this morning, I want to, I want to touch on something we don't often linger on. Uh, and in some ways, that might be a good thing. Over the years, uh, I've seen Christians who get, either get very obsessed with this aspect of Christianity to, to, to the point of being a little bit weird and spooky, um, to almost the other side of the wall, if you like. People don't even talk about it all, don't even mention it. Listen, both attitudes are not a healthy way of dealing with life. This morning, we're going to be talking about um, what uh, the doctrine, if you like, of spiritual warfare, the battle that God has allowed us to fight, uh, about the reality of an enemy, a real enemy with, uh, that we all face, the devil who schemes and plots against all of God's plans and people. If you're not a Christian here this morning, before you switch off or start to think, weirdos, who brought you here this morning? Listen up. Pay attention, at least for the next 20 or 30 minutes or so. You might start thinking differently when you understand this from a biblical perspective. So let's read Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Bear with me. It's better. Ephesians 6, verses 10 to, 10, 10 to 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against, or not just against, flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that your word has power. Thank you, Lord, that your truth uh, uh, um, goes beyond ge the generations, that your truth never changes, that your truth 
always transforms, that your truth always sheds light in darkness. And I pray this morning, um, as we uh, unpack this, I pray, Lord, that you will be our teacher, that you will shed light onto this often um, um, difficult subject, often poorly understood subject, often ignored subject. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, bring our hearts alive to this truth so that we might stand, that we might face life with all its ups and all its downs in a way that pleases you and honors you. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross and everything that that results in. Thank you. Amen. So what on earth is the Apostle Paul going on about here? Over the last uh, few days, as I've read Ephesians 6 again and again, and in prayer, God has really challenged me, he might do the same to you, about my very Western, simplistic understanding of the world around me. Because what's happening here, if you like, is that a curtain is being drawn back on the natural, physical human world. The Apostle Paul is opening our eyes to a much bigger reality, a cosmic supernatural battle raging out there in in a world we cannot see or choose not to see. He's saying, look, this is much bigger than you think. This is much bigger than, uh, this, is, this is a battle that you must fight. Uh, you'll not be able to make sense of the world around you without understanding this. You'll always be wondering what on earth is going on if you don't get this. this um, you'll always be unprepared, always caught off guard, vulnerable even. Uh, as Corrie ten Boom, a Dutch Christian who helped many Jews escape uh, the Christian, uh, the Nazi Holocaust during World War I once said, the first step on the way to victory is to recognize your enemy. When you turn on the TV, when you listen to the radio, when you read the front page of your papers, what is certain is that on a daily basis, evil, depravity, and destruction is real, isn't it? And what I want to put to you this morning is that the Bible gives us the best framework, the power, if you like, of understanding and making sense and dealing with the freaky, horrific, often terrible stuff, the reality of life. So briefly this morning, and it will be fairly brief because Ginny's going to bring something straight after this, three things that I want to unpack about this. Who does the Bible say we fight? What does the Bible say we fight? And how does the Bible say we fight? Jubilee, Christianity is not like a battle. It is a battle. So firstly, who do we fight? Short answer, the devil. You don't often hear that these days, do you? It says, verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against whose schemes? The devil's schemes. For our struggle is not only against flesh and blood, no, no. It's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Do you hear what he's saying? The Apostle Paul here is saying, get real. He's saying evil is much more complex than just your physical human flesh and blood understanding of it. 
that behind war and poverty and injustice and terrorism and cruelty and greed and racism and crime and depression and despair and abuse is something more than just flesh and blood, something much greater, much more powerful, beyond the human, beyond our reasoning, something cosmic, something transcendent. It's not just bad systems or the conservative party or whoever else or bad parenting, or genes, or bad brain chemistry. These are important, yes, but they cannot, cannot explain it all. They just can't. Over the centuries, over the centuries, we've tried to put all these things right, haven't we? But the story keeps getting worse. Do you see it? Andrew Del Banco, a, um, um, a secular guy, actually, um, a professor, a secular guy, actually, he says this, the repertoire or the diversity or the many different kinds of evil out there has never been richer, yet never have our responses to it been so weak. Evil tends to recede, hide away into the background hum of modern life. We cannot readily see the perpetrator, so the work of the devil is everywhere, but no one knows where to find him. That's what a secular guy has written. The Bible's explanation, hear this, the Bible's explanation is sophisticated and complex and multidimensional. Sin is ripping this world apart, but there's also evil, a devil, a fallen angel, the originator of sin and evil in the world. He sets himself in opposition to everything that is of God, accusing God's people before God night and day, dedicated to the destruction of all of God's work. In the Bible, he's pictured as a serpent, a roaring lion, a dragon. He's called the wicked one, the tempter, the thief, the liar, the murderer. The devil and his angels, according to Jesus, are not to be underestimated. They are cunning, they are powerful, they are evil. They Therefore, we should not be surprised when we come under an assault from a real enemy. He's real. Are you getting the picture? Who do we fight? The devil and all his spiritual powers of evil. It's not just going to take psychology and sociology and reform. It won't work unless we realize this. Second point, what do we fight? Well, the Bible tells us that the devil has a plan. He does. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Are you aware of them, Jubilee? What are they? There's two types of schemes, I think, when you read the Bible. I think there are two, if you like, opposing errors, and I think that we must fight, and I think there are two opposing strategies that we must fight. Two errors, two strategies. Firstly, the two opposing errors that the devil wants us to fall into. On the one hand, the devil would like us to ignore completely the presence and the power of spiritual evil and underestimate his force. He would like us to go on as if he didn't exist. That, that way, all that he gets up to goes unhindered, uninterrupted, swept under the carpet, unrestrained. 
However, 1 Peter 5 um, says, wake up. 1 Peter 5, it says, be alert and be of sober mind. Not freaky mind, not unreasonable mind, not Looney Tunes mind, sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone, you, your elders, your wife, your friends, to devour. On the one hand, we never, we should never underestimate the devil. But on the other hand, don't overestimate the power of spiritual evil and get all weird and scared. Don't let his fear tactics take you out. Get a biblical perspective. Understand the power of Jesus. The Apostle Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He says, put on the full armor of God so when, that the day, so when the day of evil comes, you'll stand your ground. You will. Paul isn't giving us a might. He isn't giving us a, a, a just, uh, uh, giving us a, an if. He's saying it's a sure thing. And, the one, and as one who trusts Jesus, expect victory over the devil's schemes. What do we fight? We fight two errors. Don't under, overestimate his power. Don't underestimate his power. Don't fall into either of these two lies. Secondly, what do we fight? Well, we fight two strategies that he throws at us. And both of them, like the errors, are forms of lies again. Lies about God primarily, actually. On the one hand, there's temptation. That's one of his strategies. Temptation is essentially when Satan hides God's holiness and wrath and anger and hatred at sin and plays up his love and forgiveness. And so we do things that we shouldn't. And we know, we, that, we, that, that we know breaks God's heart. But it's okay, people, because he loves us. He forgives us. That's his job. That's basically temptation, lies. Jesus tells us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. But, the, but on the other hand, his other strategy is accusation, it's condemnation. And it's almost the opposite of temptation, if you like. Whereas in temptation, Satan plays up God's love and forgiveness over his holiness, uh, and anger at sin, in accusation and condemnation, Satan makes you have, a, have too low a view of God's love. We've been singing about God's love this morning and speaking about God's love and his forgiveness. You feel guilty all the time. You become self-hating. You feel condemned, insecure, weak, lacking confidence all the time. He knocks you out of God's plans. Some of you know a lot about that. Do you recognize any of these, by the way? Do you? Temptation and accusation through lies and doubt. That is his plan. That is his scheme. Do you believe this is very important to everything we are called to in the church? Don't allow cracks to open in your armor. Don't, uh, don't open up landing strips for him to fly in and get you like bitterness and unforgiveness and pride and anger and fear, being on the edge, not being rooted into community, 
always grumbling, always disappointed, blaming others, bad habits. These are the things that the devil takes hold of, things that you can do something about. Saying you can't is just another lie. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. We can trust him. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will always, always, always provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So who are we fighting? Not just the natural flesh and blood things, but also a personal devil and all the spiritual forces of evil. It's a big battle. What are we fighting? His schemes and lies, underbelief and overbelief, temptation and accusation. Finally, how do we fight? Well, we put on the full armor of God. What really spoken to me as I've read this, and it, the, the big thing that's always spoken to me as I've read this is the armor of God. And then you read the next few lines and you read about what are the armors of God, the belt, and so on. But what really got to me as I read this over the last few days was the full bit. It's no good taking, it's, 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 not, it's not like a, a, a bag of sweets where you take what you like. No, no. Jesus says, put on the full armor of God. The Apostle Paul says, through, uh, put on the full armor of God. Not just a bit of it. The whole gospel, if you like. The whole of the good news of Jesus. The whole of the joy, freedom-giving release of Jesus. Look, this is how it works. When you're being tempted, when Satan plays up God's love and forgiveness and minimizes his holiness and wrath, what do you do? What do you do? You look to the cross. And what do you see? I'll tell you what you see. You see how serious God takes sin. On the cross, Jesus was ripped and torn apart. He took hell into his very soul. Bomb after bomb came crashing down on our Savior. That's how serious God takes sin. He can't just ignore it like we do. Jesus had to pay heavily for it. That's God's perfect justice. It's not cheap grace at all. It's like the song Amazing Grace. If you're being tempted to sin, don't stop it. Look at Jesus. Look at the cross. It's serious. Don't go there. But on the other hand, what about when Satan accuses you, when he tells you how useless and wretched you are, when he minimizes God's forgiveness and love and plays up his holiness and wrath against you? What do you do then? You do the same thing. Once again, you look at the cross jubilee. He did all of that for you. Hebrews 12 tells us, for the joy set before him, he, Jesus, endured everything that the cross entailed, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, you were the joy uh, set before him that made him endure the cross for his father. Pretty phenomenal, really. 
when you know that the God of the universe loves you that much, how can you feel accused? Romans 8.37 says this, we, we, take this into your soul if you know Jesus, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Again, that theme of love. For I am convinced, says the Apostle Paul, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything at all in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love, again, of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jubilee, yes, we fight a back, we fight. We battle. We have a real enemy who is more than just flesh and blood. But we fight confidently. Get this. We fight confidently, joyfully, joyfully, passionately with zeal, knowing that the victory is already won. The victory is already Jesus. Jesus cried out on the cross, it is finished. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? As C.S. Lewis puts it, in, um, puts, uh, puts it in the final lines of the, the final Narnia book, The Last Battle, he says this, all their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last they were beginning chapter one of the great story which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever and ever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. Jubilee, guests, visitors, the only real victory, the only lasting victory, the only enduring victory is in Jesus. If you're not a Christian here this morning, get this truth. If you are a Christian here this morning, I want to exhort you to put on the full armor of God. Wear it always. Tell others. Encourage others. Support others. Now, this is a miracle. I'm done. <laughs> I'm gonna... I was telling Ginny that this morning. Ginny's going to share something on the back of this. We're not done. I'm just done. <laughs> um, Ginny's going to share something on the back of this, and we're going to pray, right? So when Ginny's finished, um, Benom, I think, is going to translate for us, uh, and Sarush is going to translate for us, so that all of us can understand a call to prayer, if you like. We want to pray for release in Jubilee. We want to pray that people will be released into the freedom that God gives us.